There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1046. Um, I uh, have had an amazing time on the road so far for the Wizard Guitar Tour. I was in Philly and Columbus, and then soon, uh, at the end of February, I will be at the Punchline in San Francisco, and then the following weekend, yeah, those dates are the 27th, 28th, and 29th of February, and then the following weekend, March 5, 6, 7, I'll be at the Punchline in Sacramento. It's all a part of the Wizard Guitar Tour. If you go to wizardguitar.com, uh, it will take you to the uh, ID10T tour page and you can get tickets and see info and all that sort of stuff. So please come out. Uh, the show's been super fun and I've really been enjoying playing that dang wizard guitar on the road. So again, thanks to my artist friend Bunny Reese uh, for painting it and doing a spectacular job. It is magical. But let's talk about you, the ID10T community. Like, Jeremy, who writes, my intrepid husband, Todd Glider, made a thing when he left his job three years ago. He decided to learn about Barcelona, Spain, where we had been living for six years. There weren't many books in English, and most of the audiovisuals were tourism-related, so he started to interview people. Three years, 50 interviews, and a lot of research later, he has a completely self-funded and produced 10-part documentary series called uh, Catalunya, Barcelona, The Catalan Story of Barcelona. Uh, It looks at 300 years of Barcelona's history from the perspective of the Catalan identity. And you can find it on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play, or go to catbarfilm.com for more information. Uh, Please support his commitment and drive. This is a phenomenal way to, you know, you saw something you were interested in, and rather than go, well, I guess we're not going to learn about this thing, you just went out and made it and created a thing where there formerly was a gap. So thank you, Jeremy, and well done, Todd. Um, That is uh, events at ID10T.com if you want your thing mentioned or promoted here on the ID10T podcast. This episode, Alison Brie, number three. So this is the third time Alison Brie has been on in our 10-year history. And, uh, I mean, she's the best. Alison Brie is just the best. I don't, you know, like so talented and just so effortlessly funny. And she has uh, co-written a new movie called Horse Girl, which is on Netflix. And it is available now. It just dropped. uh, Today's February 7th and it came out today. Uh, So please go watch and support that. And also Glow, um, the the fourth and final season is coming up soon. uh, And all the seasons that are already up are are, just on Netflix. Because that's how our, our entertainment is now. It's just there. It's just there for you. So... Watch, enjoy, support Allison Bree, and this is the ID10T podcast number 1046, which begins all right now. Initiating ID10T protocol. 
Whoa, I'm going rogue. <laughs> Whoa, I Risky. feel so naked. Just my voice just echoing throughout the world. This the, the raw dog version of podcasting. No headphones. So edgy. So, Living on the edge. I, I mean, I'm going to use my ears to listen. I'm what? not going to use very amplification old school. devices. You know, the headphones I, I just never got into because I think anything that makes people feel like Suddenly you're performing because yes. you're listening to your own voice in the headphones yes. and you feel like you're doing... Um, you don't get lost in the conversation. It just it just feels so like... And, and then also like a lot... Sometimes people are coming here in between things. Sure. It's like maybe they don't want their hair matted down well, by uh, by headphones. That's very considerate of you. You know what? I try to... You know, I try to make sure it's comfortable for everybody. I certainly wouldn't want my perm matted down <laughs> by headphones. It's so funny. <laughs> I might be running by the market later. I just... I I feel like I just have to tell people that when you came in, you go, look, I just got a perm. We're about to start on Glow. I'm like, I know I follow you on Instagram. Because you, it, you do – this is such a weird business. Like, Because I, I imagine like when Taika was shooting Jojo Rabbit and he had that Hitler mustache for however long, six or eight weeks, whatever it was. He was just out at a bar. And people oh, like, this is for a movie. Taika, cool look. Um... No, 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 no. It's, it's for like – it's for a movie where I play Hitler. What? Well, no. I, I, okay. I know it sounds weird, but it's actually a heartwarming story of, all, all right, dude, whatever. I, I don't envy Taika's having to explain that to many people or even that whole press. Or even as I was describing it to, like, my Jewish mom, mm-hmm. being like, we should watch this tonight. Yeah. She was like, what? Well, I know what it sounds... Okay. You just, like... <laughs> no, but it's e- funny, but also it's heartfelt. Look, the yeah. kid's imaginary friend is Hitler. It's... It's an anti-hate it's satire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you, you'll feel it's not... I know it sounds weird. <laughs> but it's actually wonderful. That is a... Like, I can just even imagine the pitch for that movie... You know, I'm sure there was a hear me out. <laughs> it, it took me a long time to see it because I was just like, I I don't understand. I'm not sure yeah. that. Uh, all right, okay, okay. It right. sounds bold. It does sound. And uh, now it's nominated for everything, so yes, it. Yes. Uh, so yeah. I was like, I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> now you're totally off the hook. You're like, yeah. it's nominated for an Oscar. Of course, I need to see this fucking movie. It, uh, it, it. So you getting ready for Glow, by the way, is always so amazing because your Instagram posts turn into this like <laughs> inspirational like Rocky Balboa training montage. I get very excited to post stuff from the gym because I don't know if people realize that, you know, I was not an athletic child or teen or person <laughs> in my 20s. Right. And especially in high school was really just like more theater nerd sure. and didn't do any sports ever. I just have never done a lot of physical stuff. So when I started training with my trainer, I certainly couldn't do even one pull-up. An assisted pull-up was difficult for me. Like, the stuff that I've learned to do and worked really fucking hard (laughs) (laughs) I get very proud, and I hope that it inspires others to be like, look, I really couldn't do this until I was, like, in my early 30s. Yeah, but also, like, it, it... It lets people know, yeah, yes, yeah, acting is pretend. We, sure. we pretend for a living. However, there are some physical, like it takes there's stuff, there's we some do work, for there's real. stuff you work. Definitely. Yeah. And I like to remind people that we do our own stunts on Glow because yeah. it's very important to me, even though we also have amazing stunt doubles and they do the stunts <laughs> as well. We all do the stunts. It's really fun and great. Now, did, did because of this show, did, did you, did something awaken in you where you're like, I think I might kind of dedicate my life to fitness now, or um, is it just during? Yes. Yeah. 
100%. Yeah. Because I already had been sort of casually strength training. Yeah. Uh, even when I was <laughs> strength training, you're just curling and hey, what are My you guys up trainer. to? No, I had the same trainer I have now, and I was working out with him when I was like working on community. I remember the first year, the first year that I started training with Jason Walsh. I think honestly was like my fattest year because I was, I started training with him and was training like one day a week, but also was <laughs> drinking a lot on the weekend. Like I sure. sort of a friend convinced me like, you know, it's also good for your body strength training. And I had been very actressy, just like cardio, cardio, cardio. I was like, sure, I'll get into that. And then was like, wow, I'm really strength training. So I got to eat a lot more. Yeah. And he, and he eventually was like, you know, so you're only coming one day a week. Is there something you want us to focus on, on that one day? I don't know that you're going to see a lot of progress. To be fair, you were, it's still one day stronger than you were before. I was one day stronger. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so for Glow, then I got more and more into it. And it was fun to watch because he has a lot of, um, you know, celebrity clients that train for movies. Yeah. And right away, Emily Blunt, who had recommended Jason to me, was training for Edge of Tomorrow, that movie with Tom right. Cruise, yeah, when course. I first started training with him. So then I watched her go through this incredible transformation. And he would, of course, feel like he likes to show the women at the gym, each other's like videos of each other training to like rev them up. Sure. Just as like when Brie Larson was training for Captain Marvel recently, right. he was showing her videos of me and then he was showing me videos of her. I feel like just pitting us against each other, but in like a friendly rivalry where you're like, holy shit, that's amazing. I want to do it. Can we yeah, try that tomorrow? Of course. Listen, I, 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 you know, there are like subreddits where I'll look at people's transformation just because it's so inspiring or like, you know, fucking Kumail's like ripped pictures, you know. Oh, yeah. He and, trained with Jason for a moment before he left town. Yeah, so it, I think it is. I think so it know. is. By the way, I think it's really funny if you like if you just showed off like ripped abs and be like going back to play Trudy Campbell. Like, why would Trudy have no one have, was ripped in the sixties? That will be the question when I finish Glow because it's like, so yeah, so now I've been really addicted to it because it feels so good. It's yeah. very, the whole process has been very empowering, and yeah. especially like that goes along with the wrestling too. The wrestling was the first step of like, wow, this feels super empowering to do something that's very scary yeah. and just run at it and be fearless yeah. and connect with my body in a deeper way, not yeah. be at odds with it, really be like, oh, I have to love and trust my body and yeah. get it super strong and also love and trust these women that I'm working with and support each other. So it was like a big love fest with that stuff. And then the strength training fed into it and continues to make me just feel good. <laughs> and as a person with, you know, uh, probably a lot of body issues that a lot of women and men and everybody struggle with, I, I found that strength training was such a good way to combat those just in a healthy way. Yeah, I just, I think it's, I think even beyond, you know, whatever idea people have in their head of like, my body should look like X, Y, or Z. It's like, no, you should just make healthy choices. Definitely. And then whatever happens, happens. Like, but you shouldn't, you know, like, I feel like people shouldn't go for some unrealistic ideal, but it's just like, no. oh, am I feeling better? Am I making healthy choices? Because as we get older, this shit starts to break down. Oh my gosh, yes. And it may, it does just feel good. There are times when if I'm taking a break, well, you know, if I'm forced to take a break from strength training <laughs> because work is getting really crazy and you're running on empty and I'll notice myself even, even getting skinnier, yeah. but I'm like, oh, I don't like that. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. no, I feel better when I feel strong yeah. and have muscles on yeah. my bones. And yeah. Stuff like that. Um, but yes, I do. So I keep it up like between seasons and I love it so much. And it is a little bit of a, I don't know. I feel like when season one of glow first came out, there was doing interviews where people were like, 
And and have your muscles like ever gotten in the way of you getting a job? <laughs> to which I was like, first of all, um, thank you so much. <laughs> no, that's never been a problem. <laughs> I don't think I've reached like the rock status of my my. We're body. gonna hire Allison Brie, but uh, too ripped. Too ripped. Turns out too muscular. Too ripped. Um, yeah, that's a, that is the funny <laughs> excuse that people are like, oh, I don't want to work out because I'll get too ripped, and it's like, do you know how what you would have to do in it's your life? Impossible. You, you yeah. would have to be eating so much and taking extra You'd have protein to give supplements. Up everything and else in your life to get to and that and point. lifting like ten yeah, hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, those people are so dedicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not. It's not. It's not realistic. But I also think it's great that. We live in a time where our businesses about like when did comedians ever think they would ever have to get into shape for a thing? It's like true. that's just not what comedy it was before. It's you know? true, and I think that some people resent it because they're like, "What? Now we all have to fucking look attractive <laughs> all the time." But it's really when you're not thinking about it like that, you know, coming at it from a health place and a place that is just about feeling good. Yeah, and then in you know in turn looking good. Yes, that's the that's a byproduct. Nice. But you just yeah. feel better about yourself because I started working with a tr- this, the, I've had the same trainer for f- oh gosh fifteen years. Oh wow! And I just started doing it because I had severe back issues and I was sure. never in shape. And you know I had just gotten sober then after a couple of years, and so I was like, oh, I want to do something for myself. But I think it's just that sort of thing that you do where you're saying to yourself, hey, you know what? I'm worth it to like invest yes. a little bit into my health. And it kind of just makes you feel better overall for that reason. Definitely. I mean, I also think there are larger things about it, like goal setting and goal achieving. There are other things that are like life lessons yeah. that are, if you work hard at something, then you get the thing, you know, yeah. that, that makes you feel good. But definitely, yes. When... I mean, going into the 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 hardest I ever have trained with Jason, which would probably be before season one. Yeah. Um, it was all about protecting my body because we were doing the stunts. Sure. Like he was like, obviously you'll look amazing. That's the byproduct. Yeah. But first and foremost, we want you to be like padded with muscles. Sure. So when your body slams onto the mat, right. You're not hurting your back or are your these knees. the muscles that are going to get in the way of you getting other they're, roles? They are. They're uh, on the verge of getting in the way, but I'm keeping it in check. You know, <laughs> I just never like when I started. I never thought because you know people go, oh, do you feel you know how do you go? I you know I don't ever feel like going to the gym, and I'm and I always go. Yeah, I rarely feel like doing it, but you just you just make no. your feet walk there, and then you do it, and then it's done. I guess I feel like I I, I disagree. I often really feel like really? I'd oh, like dance into the gym. Oh, that's I really fantastic. like it. That's I think fantastic. I must just know how fucked up I am mentally <laughs> when I don't go. So I like wake up like yes <laughs> most of the time, but then some mornings like this morning I'll wake up being like my whole body hurts. There yeah. are times you know, and then that part is. Well, you know, Muhammad Ali said he would do sit-ups until they started hurting, and then only then would he start counting them because he the the feeling, the the idea being that like you, you know, you uh, you grow like that's where the growth happens. Not that you like I don't have the kind of trainer that's like push through the pain. He always says like check in with your body. How does this feel? This kind of hurts. Don't do it. But I just mean there are those times where you know like. Oh, I have three more of this thing to do, and you kind of find the strength to go. And it's like those are the ones that count, or the times you go where you don't Definitely. feel like going. Yes, of course, of course, of course. It's about right, and also it's that thing that you realize that it's not like you're gonna ever achieve the thing 
that enables you to stop working out. Right. Like it's a lifelong. When people are like, it's a lifestyle. You're like, but it actually is because, you know, it's more just about forming good habits. Yes. And because, one of those habits is just getting up and going. Yeah. Because we don't want to get to be older and then go, I should have probably <laughs> stretched. Oh, should I? Yeah. Because I remember I said to him once, like when, when I first started learning about stretching, I was like, so I'm going to have to fucking do this forever. And he's like, yeah, if you want to feel okay, <laughs> yeah. but just don't think about forever. Just kind of get through each day as, as you can. I feel like when you were telling that story just now about Muhammad Ali, do you yeah. remember? Yeah, wait a minute, what happened? Who <laughs> um, said this? Uh, and his sit-ups. Mm. It makes me think of my acting teacher in my first year at CalArts who told us a a different story, a conflicting Muhammad Ali crunch story. And it was something about how, like, he was got to a place of ultimate fitness where then he only did five crunches a day because he was already so fit. That it just didn't matter but anymore. as I'm even saying this, I'm like, what was the point of telling us that? <laughs> like, with acting, we should just He's like, get so good at acting. But anyway, you're going to be actors, so don't worry about fitness. <laughs> yeah, Don't even in, worry about it. Until, like, the 2020s. And then Let's the see. late 2010s, and then all even comedians are going to have to be in good shape. Maybe he was trying to maybe he was trying to inspire you to get to a level of excellence with your acting that it felt effortless. Sure, maybe yeah, that makes sense. Did like, he drop down and may- be like, "Look at me do all these crunches," and you're like, "And then right, he dude. did do a, no, he was very old." Oh, okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> he never really did anything physical in he class, wasn't crunchy, but he was wonderful. He was, he was wonderful a wonderful teacher. teacher. Yeah, but but. Yeah, I, I'm sure he was trying to tell us about not overworking, or Got it. you know what I mean. Probably not uh, overworking a yeah. scene, overstressing a monologue. That's the thing, you know, because over rehearsing. My wife wasn't able to uh, like a- ages ago. She got injured on a set of something. Oh, geez. And she was down for a while. Oh, nightmare. And she would when she started to work out again. You know, I had to remind her, like, you don't have to do all of, like, you don't, don't try to get back to where you were in one workout. Just yes. do a little bit, like, get, cause we do think like, I want to, I want to get fit in one. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just, just show up. Take it easy. Totally. Go easy on yourself. Always that first day back after like a vacation or if I've yeah. been out of town for a couple weeks, I'm like, I'm back, baby. <laughs> and like 20 minutes later, I'm like, guys, I just, so it is my first day back. Guys. Yeah. I probably gotta, <laughs> gotta take it easy. <laughs> yeah, I remember saying to my trainer, like, what if I wanted to like, should I be doing like, this is very early on. I was like, should I be doing like a bunch of abs every day? And he was like, you need to rest. Like you have to, your body has to like, you tear the muscle and then it has to repair. Yes. You can't overexert and kill yourself. Rest is very important. I do think that's a hard, that's a difficult thing mentally to make yourself rest. Yeah. Once you're in a mode. Yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. Because we, we are, listen, maybe our culture and the internet has conditioned us to think that we can get everything we want immediately. I blame the internet. <laughs> of which we have everything. contributed. <laughs> of, of which we have happily contributed. I, you know, it's like, you know, I, go, I can't believe, you know, Facebook wants all of our info. And then you just go, agree. Like, then, yeah. you, then you like totally <laughs> co-sign it. And then you'll be like, oh, cool ad. I'm so glad they sent this to me. That is something I'm interested in. Instagram. Thank you so much. You, oh, Wait a minute. God, I've had so many bad experiences with Instagram ads. Really? Do you buy stuff on Instagram ads? No, but I do buy stuff. I'm very susceptible to like trendsetters, people that I follow. Sure. Who post and tag their clothing or their workout gear yes. or cute shoes or makeup or stuff like that. But it's not, 
it's people a lot of the time it's actual people that I know and trust like if a hair uh, sure. a, a stylist or a makeup artist that I know and trust their style you know I just trust them and be like oh they're using that product now <laughs> they're selling that now I should get it um, I actually think that's how I do the majority of my shopping sure which totally <laughs> makes sense but I get these targeted ads hey Kaylin yeah. can you just go open the dishwasher because the cycle is done it'll keep be- beeping oh I was like what is in the dishwasher that you're going to show me that was from a targeted ad. Can you go open the dishwasher? I got to show you this set of glasses. I don't know if you're familiar with Amway, but um, <laughs> but I get these targeted ads on Instagram and I'll be like, hey, these shoes look really cool. So I this has happened countless times. So I order them. A plastic bag from China shows up. Oh, no. The shoes look nothing like the, the ad, oh, no. nor are they the right size. But there's no paperwork. Like, there's no way to send them back because all the writing is in Chinese and there's no, like, return. And you literally <laughs> just clicked on something and one time and you were like, oh, I got that now. Yeah. I, you know, anything <laughs> arriving just in a plastic bag is already so sad. It's already suspect. Like, it, it is sad. It's so, it was just like, it was just like, they're like, ugh, who fucking cares? But a, a, a wardrobe stylist told me that what's happened is that a lot of ins- that, that there are a lot of Instagram ads that are companies that have like surpluses or like even factory outlet style sense. stuff, and they've realized like oh we can just offload this onto Instagram to get rid of this stuff, but there's like n- it, no return. It's very smart, but I d- it definitely sounds problematic. I'm shocked to hear that 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 the items are. Are not the actual item that you yeah, see. Just like Do I sound very naive? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm shocked. But the shoes don't even look the same. That's crazy. So you're saying that he wasn't a Nigerian prince I who just needed shocked. to hold some money in your account for this a while? This is why I just go straight to like Emily Radzikowski's account <laughs> what's to be like, what's regimen? her bra and underwear yeah. line she's selling? Thank you. Great. There's like at least some line of accountability. But see, that's the smart way to do it. But I'm just like, I'm so. I am who they've designed the targeted ads for. Clearly, like a guy who's at two <laughs> o'clock in the keep morning. Getting is like, duped. Fuck! I'll get these. Oh, these look. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen an eighth time in a row. And then, of course, <laughs> you know. Oh, god damn it! This, this isn't even. This isn't even what I asked Sounds for. It's more like it's your problem. It's like you have an addiction <laughs> to have an these addiction ads, of just buying to things buying things off of ads. Yeah, yeah. I know because it just. Listen, we live. At no other time in human history did every citizen live like a goddamn pharaoh Definitely. where you could just summon anything Snap to your Snap your fingers. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty crazy. It's yeah. true. We're spoiled. We've, we really are, especially with Amazon's like overnight deli- one day free shipping and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But it's also convenient, even it though is. I know we're anti-Amazon. Look, I'm not trying to start controversy, <laughs> but did I order some plastic spray bottles? Did I, a day ago, say, we need pr- plastic spray bottles to keep the cat from scratching the couch, and voila. You have them. I was using them in under 24 hours. Well, also, you could probably, you and not just that, but you probably, there are probably ones that are specifically designed to squirt cats. Like, they're probably I mean, I didn't specific. seek that out, but I was looking uh, at different designs and sure. color aesthetics because it isn't it's going to be sitting in the living of room. Of course. It's a part of... Yes, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's a part, a part of the part whole of the thing. Decor. Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure it's fashionable at the same time as being functional to keep the cat. But I, I guess I, I guess I just hate that I love it so much. I just hate, like, God damn it, this is so convenient and I'm angry. Got me again. <laughs> but that's what I think Amazon is not just a sales portal. I feel like it is yeah. the most comprehensive psychological profile of, you know, hundreds of millions of people. 
Yeah, I guess. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, it tracks everything that you... Oh, sure. So, like, even Amazon is, like, suggesting things that you buy. Well, yeah. So, like, so in the old... How am I getting duped by Amazon? In the mall days... So, like, malls were very mathematically designed. Like, they figured out specific ways, like... If you like, if you come out of this type of store, you are like, you are X percent more likely to buy this kind of thing. Sure. When you're walking here from the food court, yeah. uh, you'll have to go through here. Yeah. But with Amazon, it is specific. Like, it's not just theoretical data. Like, they're they're using like legitimate, actual, practical data for how every individual, yeah. like, to map someone's consumerism yeah. says so much about who they are and their psychology. But are you buying stuff on Amazon that they are suggesting you to buy? Yeah, a lot of times. Okay, well, yeah. so yeah. again, I, I just want to go work backwards again to the root of the problem. Because like when I go on Amazon, I'm more, it's a targeted attack. I'm like, you know what? I need to repurchase my shampoo. Right. Let me get it and all right now it's here i, I seldom am just browsing no. <laughs> on amazon you don't just go to amazon and be like what do you got for me today i definitely amazon. don't i i like the idea of you going into amazon and it going hey allison would you like and you go fuck you no no no, no nice try just the water bottles thanks <laughs> get out of my head it's true even i even get suspicious when it'll be like you've bought this before want to buy it again i'm like relax amazon <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, that is what I wanted to buy Yeah, but that's again. also what stalkers do. Hey, you know you like this thing, and you want this thing? <laughs> I've noticed you like this thing. Stop noticing me. You want to be like, here? other people bought, I don't want to be like people I don't know. It's true. People who like this also bought this. Well, good. Well, fuck them. I'm not going to buy it then. Yeah, in your face, I'm people who bought this. <laughs> this will affect no one but myself, and I will not purchase it. <laughs> do, you, do you force yourself to do, like, in real life experiences... To prevent from being sort of coddled by the conveniency algorithms of the internet? You mean, do I sit there and like mentally think about, like think it through? What do you mean real life experiences? I mean like sometimes I could go, well, I could buy this on Amazon or I could just get in my car and go to a store to just be out in the world to not just depend on this thing so much. Sure. No, I don't really do that. <laughs> I love shopping online, but I have my, you know, every with clothes, with clothes sometimes, I'll do a thing where I'll buy some stuff online thinking from a store that has an actual location in LA. Yes. And I'll be like, I'm going to buy these things. I'm going to try them on. And then that'll give me a reason to go in. I'll go to the store to gotcha. return or exchange gotcha. if I need to go. So that makes sense. So basically the internet has allowed you to make your home the dressing room. Exactly. Which is better because you would still be surprised how many stores have terrible lighting in dressing rooms. (laughs) How have we not figured this out yet? Just straight straight down, every crevice revealed... And we've already discussed I have amazing muscle structure. Almost too <laughs> much. It's almost too much. In it's that almost lighting. too much. It's almost too much. Um, oh my God, you're right. Why don't they invest in like insane lighting systems? I would say shout out to Reformation. Do you know this clothing store? Women's no. clothing store. They've been redoing their stores, but maybe just in New York and LA are like the first test runs where you go in the dressing room. It's a whole thing. Okay. You go in their store and then, and I love their clothes and they do some good stuff environmentally. They're recycling fabrics yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's great. So anyway, you go in their store and 
there's ra- there's clothes on the racks, but you don't touch those clothes. You go to like you're shopping online. You go to a screen and you look through the stuff and you put it in your basket. You put it in your closet, and then you'll be like ready to try these on. And then they'll be like, Allison, your room is ready. And then you go in a room, and the dressing room has a closet. You open the closet. The <gasps> stuff's all hanging in there. Son of a bitch. And they have three different lighting settings that are like. Mood, sunny, like blue. (laughs) Fucking brilliant. It's brilliant. I always leave with something I don't need. Of course. I'm like, wow. You you put on a soft kind of like (laughs) yellowy light and you're like, this looks amazing on me. That is brilliant. It really is. I wonder how many times, I feel like what happens if if, if I shopped at a place like that, I'd go, this looks good. I'd get it home and go, this doesn't look at all. Wait a minute. I I don't have three different lighting settings in my home. I guess I've never fully, I've, I've gotten home and been like, I didn't need this, but I never have felt fully duped. I actually just think they're putting their best foot forward. They are trying to give you a good experience. Yes, and it's very nice. Well, we were driving by the uh, Beverly, the Grove yesterday, and there's a giant, you know, it's like right on Fairfax and 3rd. Yes. And I think there's a Whole Foods there, but then there's this giant retail store that had been empty for a while. And it was like, it said like, the Britney zone. I'm like, what the fuck is the Britney zone? And Lydia was driving, so she goes, look it up. And I looked it up. So it is actually the most genius thing I've ever heard of. It is a retail, it's a pop-up retail experience for Britney Spears fans. Wow. So first of all, you have to buy, if, if I'm understanding this correctly, if I'm not, please don't sue me, Britney Zone. I think you have to buy tickets to go. Whoa. So you buy tickets to go. Twist. And you, so you, so they get you on that front and then you go in and then it's like a walkthrough of a bunch of Britney shit, like sets from her videos and stuff. Okay. And then on top of that, you can buy retail stuff. So you're basically paying to go buy retail stuff. Uh, Are you buying things like, actual pieces of clothing that she wore or like replicas like they make them in every size and here's a Britney-ish top and now we're marketing. I don't know if it's that or just t-shirts that say toxic on it. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. Cool. But oh, you I, didn't buy tickets and go in? You didn't buy tickets Not yet, not yet, okay, not yet. Okay. But it just seemed like what an interesting idea and it's there for like four months of, of, of the idea that we're at a point in consumerism where you can charge people to go shopping Just to be in the store but if it but they have they are they have curated what sounds like an experience that if you are a britney fan it makes like you would i mean that's not that much different than i guess what a museum does you get a curated experience that you pay to get in for and then there's a gift shop it's on the way out it's very la it sort of reminds me of like the wax museum which i've actually never been in but it reminds yeah. me of the idea of it or like those Saved by the Bell, the Max. Oh, we went to that, and it was fucking great. (laughs) I didn't get to go, but I was. I, I, I definitely considered it. It was great. I mean, they got the detailing down, (laughs) and it really was like, oh shit. We're and when we were there, Mr. Belding was there. Oh my god! So it like it was the it really was the full experience. And how was the food? It was fine. Like it was like I I think if you went, to, I don't even remember what the food was like. But I can't imagine that the food for the restaurant in Saved by the Bell, like in the, it was just it's like a burgers diner, burgers and fries, it's burgers and fries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like the same. It's like you're gonna if you're gonna go to Johnny Rockets and get burgers and fries, you might as well go to the Max. You might as well go to the Max and get the full experience. Did you dress up? We did not dress up, which is unlike us. Actually, normally we would, but yeah, we I'm did surprised. not. We did not this time. We we're not above it. I appreciate the restraint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would have that would have been a hard one. It's one thing to like change stuff for a role, but other like we're going to a Saved by the Bell restaurant. Ooh, okay, take it down. She fully got her hair permed. I was thinking as I was heading here that I was sort of channeling a bit of Jesse Spano. Oh, there is a little bit perm. of that because before I get so this is stage one of the perm, and okay. then they cut it into my like Ruth sure. sort of shag mullet. Yeah, um, that really sells the eighties. But I have to say, Brie, that your hair looks so cool that you, on the like, show or right now, right now it looks it looks cool <laughs> on the show and right now because that time period it like is 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 it's like cool. fashionable and so <laughs> when you were like oh my hair I like but it actually looks really cool you know I don't mind it. it in fact it's been really fun before working on Glow my hair was really long and brown and straight just for years I yeah. think I was so terrified to cut it because you know you're booking jobs looking a certain way yeah. and you want to have you want to be recognizable to people once you've done some jobs yeah. and then every job I would book I would be like and maybe this character should we cut her hair <laughs> like maybe she's got a bob and they'd be like no we just hired you to look the way you look so um so doing this was really fun to come in for season one and I was like I feel like my hair should look like Sigourney Weaver in Alien and they oh, were like we agree that's and cool. and then it's been this fun hair journey for me because it kind of cracked everything where I think you know, there's a great monologue in season two of Fleabag about hair being very connected to women's power and all this stuff. And I think it can be scary for women to 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 make the jump into chopping their hair once the, when sure. they kind of associate long hair with beauty and things like that. Even though you realize that cute cuts are much more fashionable. Anyway, this is all to say that it really cracked it open for me once my hair was so crazy for the show. Right, right. And between seasons, I'd be like, what should I do? Thicker bangs? No bangs. Chop it shorter. Chop it shorter than that. You know, dye it blonde. I was sort of like, got to have a lot more fun with it. Well, and I also, the other thing I love about your Instagram is how much joy, because I think, and, this, and, I, and I, don't, I don't know what you really feel about going to a lot of, having to go to a lot of events and go to a lot of things, but it really feels like there's a lot of joy and like I get to experiment with a lot of different stuff and play dress up and try a bunch of different things. And it's yeah. like, like, that's a really fun part that it feels like you really are embracing and enjoying rather than feeling burdened by it. <laughs> I do have fun with it. I think that it, you're right that those are sort of the two options. So either you can get really overwhelmed and be like, oh, why do I have to go do this? Right. <laughs> um, or you can sort of wrap your head around the fact that that is a big part of what our jobs yeah. are as actors. It's not... You don't really have the luxury, especially now, of being just like, I'm an actor and I get lost in roles, and, but don't, I don't talk about my work. Um, you know, that it, it also just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and I think on the flip side is that I am really proud of the stuff I work on and I love Glow so much. Like, I, I, I've been in a good place these past few years where I've really only been doing jobs that I really love. Yeah. I don't feel like I've been taking a job just to work on something. Right. So I am really excited to talk about the stuff. Yeah. And also some sort of switch flipped even in the past couple of years where I started just feeling <laughs> incredibly grateful for to have fans that watch the stuff that I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it did come from a place of feeling very overwhelmed and bombarded by lots of stuff and getting fully shut down and then going, wait a minute, 
it's so great. I get to do this thing yeah. and people watch it and they like it. And oh God, oh, it's so hard. I have to go uh, do a and a for an hour and then stand there for 30 minutes while people tell me how much they love me and oh, love gosh. the thing I worked oh. on. Like, oh, twist my arm, you know? Um, and especially with Glow, because it's been such a special experience all around. I love the women I work with and the men. Yeah. Uh, and... It, I feel like I've grown a lot as a person through doing it. So, it you know, when you're so connected to a job, it means even more when yeah. people like it and appreciate it. Well, you've worked on so much cool stuff, though. I mean, like... I have. You have this amazing... <laughs> I mean, it's just like... Mad Men was fantastic, but then Community That's was great. just this gem. And community, community is sort of like... It's sort of like Firefly in that way that people are like... They always are going to want you to make more. Uh, it, community, it's so funny. I, we just did our like a 10-year reunion panel at Vulture Fest. That's crazy. 10 uh, years. I know. Well, since our first season, not since the final season. But still a decade. I know. It is pretty crazy. And it was so fun to be together to do this panel and realize how excited people still are about that show and about us doing a movie, which... We probably will never do. I wouldn't be so sure because <laughs> I know, I the, know. The, the reason being that these, ty- like these types of shows. I mean, look, you know, at the end of the '90s, they were probably like, well, you know, Friends will probably have some life in home video, but fi- totally or The Office or whatever. And it, but totally. people watch these shows, yeah, streaming because it they're just fun to like. You can drop into any episode yeah. and just get like lulled into a sense of <laughs> nostalgia and safety and fun and comedy. Definitely. And I and I think the further that I get from it, the more my personal nostalgia grows for community. So yeah. maybe like right after we wrapped, I was like, Jesus, a movie. No, we've been through so much already. <laughs> um, whereas now <laughs> it was a tumultuous I mean, run. listen, it was uh, um, like, the that show should have been like that war. Like when you get on uh, Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland, Get ready, buckle up. Here comes the wildest ride in the West. You know? We had no idea. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, even just gearing up for this 10-year reunion, which, again, was probably like two hours of my life, like getting to Vulture Fest, taking some photos and doing this panel. Yeah. But they had asked us beforehand to tell them our favorite episode so that we could talk about it on the panel. And in nerd <laughs> mode, uh, I, uh, I was like, yes, it was very Annie from Community. It was, it was very me just being like... I'm going to take this very oh, oh, favorite episode. Okay, this is a daunting task. I'm going to have to rewatch some episodes. Okay, let me hit the ones I think might be my favorite first. And I did this sort of deep dive. I haven't, I mean, we used to watch as a cast, we really watched all the episodes of Community as they aired. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, if we were shooting the show while they were airing, which was like the first half of the season, usually, um, we would go into the craft service truck that had a TV and like on Thursday nights go in there and watch That's while we were really shooting. Nice. It's on. We were so excited about the show. So I've, I've, I've watched every episode, um, but haven't watched them again since they came out. And it was so fun. That's <laughs> nice. To watch them back. I started to feel so nostalgic for it. And then when we got to the panel and of course they were just like, we had everyone submit um, questions for the panel, and we basically just got a hundred of the same question, which is, when are you doing the movie? I was like, God bless you guys. I'm in. I guess I'm in. Let's well, do it. That's the thing that with streaming, it these these like swell, these resurgence swells can happen. Yeah. 
And I don't see why, unless the I mean, unless it was like a legal issue, but I don't see why no. they wouldn't. I think it's it's a, uh, an issue of like, could we get everyone back together? If it, so, it's NBC. They have their Peacock streaming service. Maybe it's maybe it's a kind of thing where they come to you and they go, "Hey, let's just shoot a movie. Like we're just going to do like a community reunion movie." And put it on the streaming. Like I, there's, a, uh-huh. I see, I totally see something like that happening. I, I agree, but I feel like my problem still stands. That that you know, too buff. That, that, that I'm too buff. That's the, it. All comes back to that where they're like Annie. Uh, she doesn't have muscles. Well, she does now. Hey, anything could happen. <laughs> you don't know. I think it's like. I think it's going to be like. Is there any world in which Donald's schedule? Right. And um. Dan Harmon's like ability to write the script in a timely fashion and have a script for us to perform. You mean in the middle of the (laughs) 70 episodes of Rick and Morty they're making right now? You You know, know, like maybe they're. (laughs) Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But I, I totally think that, uh, you know, like everyone was so, I mean, that was such a springboard for everyone and such a yeah. special moment in time yeah. that, you know, I think... If ev- I think if everyone in the cast went on to win Oscars for stuff and was you know booked five years in advance, that everyone would be You'd like still be a little bit like yeah, still I'll gonna come back. still gonna make time to go shoot for a week or two weeks or whatever, like anything to come back and make this happen because that for you guys that was like I mean it 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 it, <laughs> it almost weirdly was sort of like a community college experience. It totally was. It really was. I mean, for me, it was like a comedy clinic. Yes, you know because. I had been working on Mad Men for a couple years, but otherwise I hadn't done a lot of work on television or in films, like, uh, after college. And I just was watching all these people. It was like me connecting to what makes me funny, having never realized before community that I was a comedic actress. Right. Um, and so one tapping into just like, oh, Oh yeah, there's like I have a great sense of humor and like we can use that and have fun and be silly. And then also watching Joel and Donald and even Chevy and seeing everybody's levels of com- like everybody really came at comedy in a different way. You sure. know what I mean? Joel's like wit and sarcasm. Yeah. Um, Chevy, you know, falling off stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The physical comedy gets harder. It gets a little harder as you get older. Um, but that's what you're training for. That's exactly what I'm training for. So I'll be totally prepared to fall over chairs. Anyway, it was just a fun... Be it really 60 was. be like, throw a table at me. I can take <laughs> come it. On, come on, come punch on, punch me. Knock me down. Um, 
no, it was a great community. And I, I, oh, community. I feel like we all had such a fun time to get, that's what I thought of most when I was rewatching episodes is like, I could vividly remember the behind the scenes inside jokes that we were doing while shooting yeah. certain episodes. Yeah. Um, and things that would stay in our brains and like, I just love those goofballs. Like we still are running group text chain. It's like a daily thing. Well, I think it also is is good because, you know, listen, you said, oh, I've been so lucky to work on all these things that I've really enjoyed. But you make those choices. Like yeah. not everyone. I mean, obviously you're getting well, opportunities, but you're also but I feel like you are creating those opportunities because you are you believe in yourself as a performer. Definitely. But also, I think that luck is also involved in a major way. Like the year that I auditioned for community, I also auditioned for a pilot called $2 beer that didn't get picked up. I could have as easily <laughs> booked that job and been like, I'll, I'll take it. Right. You know, I, I do think I've gotten lucky because you watch very talented people do pilot after pilot every year, Yeah, you know, and stuff that you go, Oh yeah, I could see how that sounded great. And the right. people behind it are awesome, but it, the, then it just didn't work. And then you also realize how it really is magic when things work. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I felt on glow because I think probably because coming from mad men and community, it was like, can it happen again? (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not a third time. (laughs) Um, And working with a lot of women on the show who haven't worked on a show before, I felt like I was uh, like, like an old fogey trying to be like, guys, you don't even realize like this doesn't happen all the time. We're super lucky. This is crazy. Like our chemistry is amazing and the magic has happened. Yeah, Um, it is. It is. It is hard to, Especially if that's your first job, to have an amazing job. Yeah. And then go to a second job thinking like, oh, this is going to be... I guess every like, show is a hit show. I mean, but say, I mean, Mad Men was essentially my first TV job. So I guess I had a bit of that. Yeah, but but what's great is that the now that you've done this like three times in a row, it I feel like the business trusts you. Yes. And so you're going to get even more and you know other opportunities because you you have been a part of it i hope so i there's no i mean (laughs) there's just no question like you you, i don't know i i'm because you can do you can do dramatic stuff but you also are such a phenomenal comedy actor too so it just i just feel like there's so much that you can do thank you thank you the, the question will be how do you how will you you know like how, trusting your gut, how do you know what to pick? How do yeah. you not, you know, like not listening to someone? No, oh, you should do this. I don't know if I should do. No, trust me. You know that is the most daunting thing, definitely. As we're going into our final season of Glow, this is going to be the fourth and final season. Yeah. So it it it's so nice to it's a real luxury to know in advance that it's the last season um, because in addition to our showrunners getting to write like an amazing final season and right. tie everything up in a bow um, we also have a slight jump start on like great gonna be free looking for other work uh, <laughs> starting in June um, so that's a great advantage but it is it's interesting as I'm like reading stuff and even just trying to wrap my head around that, which is kind of difficult to do while we're still gearing up to shoot the finals. It's like, I'm not ready to say goodbye to glow yet, even though they're like, you should be thinking about the next thing now. It's like, I'm not ready. Um, But it's, it's a tricky thing to sort of weigh. Yes. It's exactly what you're talking about where there's a lot of people who will be like on paper, this is the job. This is the job you should do next. Or, or some this makes sense career wise right. from where you've been already, and 
I do think gut has a lot to do with it. And I also think we're all always growing and changing. I certainly feel like I'm have, have grown and changed and my taste has changed and the things like as you work on something, then certain things get fulfilled. So now looking at the next thing, you're like, well, what else hasn't been, like, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. And I really feel like I haven't. Not the other luxury is like from Mad Men to community to glow. It's like, who, what else? (laughs) And also not just three different types of shows, but three completely different characters. So it is, for you, I think it's going to be the sort of fun thing of like, oh, wow, Who's what, do I wanna, person? what do I want to do? Totally. Who do I, I want to be some weird this or like a, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's all that stuff. And kind of saying, and, and, and weighing that against even my own life, I guess, and who I am and my age and that, you know what I mean? Where you yeah. start to go like, and now I feel this way as a person. And, and then the other factor too of, I think, the kind of people that you want to work with. Yeah. And in that way, you know, glow has been so opposite to community in terms of just the tumultuous nature of community as a show with, with, there were some volatile people. There were, there was a lot of, uh, uncertainty always on the bubble, getting pulled off the air, getting pulled back on the air, Dan Harmon getting fired, rehired, yeah. uh, getting canceled, getting picked up by Yahoo Screen. Right. 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 <laughs> you, you know, do you, re- you, re- you remember the oh, infamous Yahoo Screen? I had re- one I, year. I remember, I remember <laughs> moderating the panel when Dan came back. At, I mean, that at, was exciting. At Comic-Con. Yes. And then Dino Samatopoulos asked a question from the audience. Like, he stood in line and asked a question. He was like... Starburns. Yeah, yeah. So, Dan, um, I guess uh, unfuck Sony then? Or whatever it was. And Dan was like, all right. And, and it was... That was like, a good Dino impression. Yeah, so he was, he was, he was harassing Dan because... And Dan was like on his best behavior. So he was like, okay, um, all right. Yeah, we get it. You know. I agree. And next question? <laughs> next question. No, 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 no. I just want to make sure that we're... We're clear, you know. <gasps> totally. I think that was the year he came out as Iron Man and like an Iron Man in like the boxes. Sounds right. And that the, sounds right. I think. I can't remember. But but maybe uh, we were in like the biggest hall at Comic-Con. You I were. Do, Comic-Con for community. That's insane. Our fans are the best. Yeah. It was like 7,000 people, you know. <sighs> that's 7,000 people. Um, but anyway, I guess so the flip side of that has been this like female oasis of like feminist power on the side of glow where things have been super harmonious. And I mean, there's always a lot going on making a show and a lot of personalities and a lot of things happening, but having a very united cast and crew and, um, you know, it just checked so many boxes and also you're like, Oh, okay. So it is possible to have, like a pretty great. No, I mean the community environment was great, so I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. But I know, you know what, what you I mean. mean. You, like, just, you like, just mean in terms of the environment. Like it yeah. doesn't. It didn't feel. It, you're just talking. I think you're just talking about the volatility and how little control over it everyone felt. Yes. And this to me, what you're saying, just like this show just feels like the production just feels very comfortable. Yes. And everyone's that's like yes. There's a, just like a real lack of drama for a show with fifteen female characters. There's a right. real lack of drama, needless drama. And also not showing up everybody being like so are, we're working next week, right, yeah. uh, guys? Show, is it, are, are we still shooting, but it's not airing? Cool, good to know. I've been reading um, some weird stuff on the internet. Are we sure we're going to be here next week? I mean, that's a whole other layer of because everything just feels so impermanent in this business anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, not to really get into this stuff, but it, it's it's also such an interesting time with with 
women in our industry and men in our industry yeah. and kind of uh, cleaning house and sort of getting rid of a lot of nefarious characters Absolutely. And, and women being able to kind of own their power. And certainly Glow has been that way, being that it's a show run by women and created by women and, yeah. and, and being number one on the call sheet and me feeling like I have uh, more of a voice there, even mm-hmm. because of, just because of that. But um, so as I look forward to the next thing, it, it feels like also have it really was different it's been really different working with so many women in a really good way. So I've also worked with a lot of great men. I always want to work with men and women, but there is a sense of like, as I look forward to the next thing too, where I'm kind of like, and I want women. I want women to be involved. Well, also, How many, are there going to be women around? Or Also, then no one can ever make the argument again of like, well, I don't know. She was like, no, fuck you, dude. It, we fucking did it. Yeah. And we did it like perfectly. So. Yes. It's this fun time of like, we fe- I feel we've all been moving forward. And now it's up to us to continue to move forward in the way that we make decisions to produce a show, attached to a show who we want to work with. I feel like there are so many antiquated ideas from the old media business about who can open a movie and who can star in this thing. And it's like what I feel like what the streaming services like Netflix have shown is, you know, when they're not so like when networks were so afraid to try anything, Netflix is like, look, we're making so much program. We're going to try. And then that was the proving ground. It's like, yeah, it works. You make a good show, and a good show is a good show. Definitely, you know, and so yes. I, I'm I'm so happy for you. And I also think that now that you know how to do it, <laughs> like your next job, like you can take this model into uh, your next job. Yes, because you have you've I done hope it. So yes, I think so. That is the plan. I feel like also yeah. I mean, um, in that sense. You know, 2019 was a really great year because my husband and I both wrote movies and he directed his and I acted in it. It's called The Rental. Fantastic. And I I co-wrote uh, mine with Jeff Baina and we co-produced it with the Duplass brothers and this for is Netflix. Horace Girl? This is Horace Girl. And I star in it. And it, it was really fun, both, you know, low budget movies, small productions, but it was so fun to be, you know, to watch Dave first. It was the, the whole process, not to relate everything to my wonderful husband, but it was really fun because I watched him as he was writing this movie with Joe Swanberg. And then that really inspired me to write a movie with my friend. And so everything was happening like, and then it was like, we're getting our movie made. And then it was like, we're getting our movie made. We shot his movie in April. We shot our movie in June. You know, it was really just kind of like this That's whole really fun nice. experience. Um, and so I got to watch as he was putting his crew together and he was like, he had such a strong vision for his movie and, and, but was really like, I just don't want to work with assholes. This mm-hmm. is a small production. We have a little amount of time to do a lot of stuff. And I want it to be exactly what I want it to be. And I want really good people. But I believe that I can hire really good people who are really good at their jobs and also not assholes. <laughs> and I'm going to prove that it's possible. And he did. And it was just the most wonderful experience. Christian Springer shot it, who shot our first season of Glow. He shoots all of Atlanta. Oh, cool. We shot it in Oregon, and it just was like the most harmonious. And and in a five week shoot, we we shot three solid weeks of nights, and people were getting sick left and right. 
And it was still the greatest group of people, no complaining, having so much fun. Um, And then with Horse Girl, it was really the same. I mean, the Duplass brothers are so wonderful. And we did it for Netflix. And Mel Eslin was another one of our producers and Alana Carruthers. And um, they, I mean, the Duplass, everybody at Duplass is so supportive, first of all. And Horse Girl is a kooky movie. And we also... You know, we wrote a 35-page outline, and we improvised all the dialogue in the movie. Oh, my gosh. So, for the most part. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a hard sell to some people, but not to those guys. Not scared of that at all. Oh, th- yeah. Well, I mean, listen. You know, I mean, of course. You know, I think they, I think they <laughs> shot Creep on iPhones. You know what well, I mean? Like, by the way, oh, yeah. yeah, they were like, for Blue Jay, we had a one-page outline, and we shot a whole movie based on it. We were like, oh, great. So, you're not afraid of our... No. Very detailed 35 pages. <laughs> I think at one point, Mark Duplass, as he was, as we were like agreeing to, you know, go into business with each other, he was like, to Jeff and I, he was like, I, I don't need to know every detail. Did you watch? Oh, did you get a chance to watch the movie? I haven't gotten to see it yet. See it okay, yet. okay. Sorry, sorry. I tried to oh, no, get them okay. to send it to you. Um, but he was like, I don't know if. If I need to understand every aspect, but do you guys know what's going on? And we were like, we definitely do. That's a great producer quest. That's and a he great. Was like, great. Then I'm on board. Um, and anyway, it was the same type of thing where everybody. And I do find this actually a lot about independent film because the people that are there to do it are doing it because they love their jobs, right. they love the material, or they love the people that are already right. involved. So it was just another absolute love fest, and it just made it did make me feel good about producing and more and more getting on the other side of the camera and and being a part of putting the job together to ensure that it is the 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 love fest that I want it to be. Yeah, you know? but how but how exciting is that because listen, you can act and stuff and go, oh, look, hey, let's I watch this thing. But yeah. this like you ideated this, like this was a you made this you manifested this thing out of thin air you guys manifested it's this out of crazy. out of out of nothing that's incre- it's an incredible feat i'm super excited about it i like kind of still can't even believe it because we put the whole thing it all it has also came together very quickly we wrote it in 2018 we shot it in 2019 and it's coming out february 7th incredibly fast and <laughs> as for movies um it was like a summer to summer in terms of putting it together which was so great and yeah, it's the first thing I've ever written, and it was a scary... I mean, you know, it was so cool to have a partner like Jeff because he's also so on board, and basically, I think I wouldn't have... This was a good t- toe-dipping into writing, and we're actually working on another thing together now because I, I, I just think I I didn't have the courage to do something first on my own, to just sit down alone, pen to paper, and be like, I'm going to flesh out this idea. I totally understand what you mean. You you want to work with someone who's experienced. I mean, like, the yeah. first thing that I ever wrote was with a much more experienced person because I'm like, I don't know how that works. And, and I think I also, it's like you want some validation of, you know, or I, I called my managers early on to be like, I- I'm thinking of writing this thing and sort of soft-pitched part of the idea. And they were like, don't know about that. I mean, like already at pitch at like two sentence pitch level, they were already like, what if it was more like this? What if there were less, you know, ideas about aliens? But you got involved? to do it the way that you wanted to. Well, I was like, inst- okay, never mind. I'll just never talk to you guys about it again. And I'm going to go pitch it to my other friend. Yeah, P.S. And- Especially since we're talking about like when 
you know, when Netflix has like all of everything, there isn't an idea that's too. There's a fu- I fucking we turned on. I took a screenshot of it. There's a goddamn show on Netflix called The Sniffer, and it's about a guy who sniffs things. No, it's he's like the mentalist, but he sniffs things. It's a no. Russian show. There's like multiple seasons of it, and you know. For anyone, for anyone who's ever pitched a show to Netflix and not had him pick it up, and you're like, but the sniffer, you know, but the sniffer, really, yeah. really, you guys were. But the point is, there's the an, the, but like, there's, there's so much room to create yeah. the most specific idea. Like, the more specific, the better. Definitely, and I think I also sort of was feeling like, look, ideas. Um, you know, derivative ideas will always get made and they will continue to get made on a mass level of like, you know, studio heads are still scared, I think, to make things that are too different. Sure. Um, So they don't want to lose their jobs if it doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. The stakes are very high and there's millions of millions of dollars involved. Um, But for me on a small level, if I'm going to write something for myself to star in, it's because I want to give myself the opportunity to do something I've never done before. Yeah. And I want it to feel really unique and different. And I fe- think I feel most proud that I-, I truly believe that this movie feels unlike anything you've seen before. You might have little touch tones of like, you know, I don't know, whatever references you might find. But it is very different and unique. And 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 that was scary, too. Even while we were making it, I feel like every other day I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever existed. <laughs> and then the next day I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, maybe it's terrible. I don't know what we're doing. Um, but that was exciting, too, because I was just sort of like, I'd rather just really fail at something that's cool and different, I think. <laughs> well, you, you, would, then, you would. But but, there, but it can't fail. Like there is, Right. It's there already is... we had an amazing experience yes. making it. And I love it. <laughs> yes. You, you you literally, this literally cannot fail. And also, because it's Netflix, it doesn't have to make $100 million. Definitely. And and the, the, the audience that, the audience is going to love it. Like the people, I mean, it just it, isn't. It, its audience will find, and it's definitely not for everyone. I think that that was a fun conversation to have with, with everyone involved and even Netflix being like, Totally. Yeah. Like, and to kind of feel good about that. Like, it's fun to make something that's maybe not for everyone. Yes, because that means you're saying something. at all. That means you're saying something. Right. Can I pick your brain about just some, like, writing advice and stuff? Just as... (laughs) I mean, you can try. (laughs) No, because it was, you know, um, I have not written a movie yet, but I really want to write a horror film. Mm. And so what... um, how did you like what even though you kind of did the outline and improvised the dialogue mm-hmm. how were you motivating to was it a daily thing did you have a daily routine or were, did you kind of wait to get struck by inspiration it was it was a daily thing i mean so well f- the funny part about like also uh, bain and i coming together and then finding that we're uh, that we love collaborating together is like a lot of it was born out of um, convenience because we live very close to one another (laughs) and we um, are good friends and and Aubrey, his girlfriend Mm -hmm. um, and I are good friends and I had worked with him on a couple of his movies. So I'd worked with him on Joshi and also Mm -hmm. the little hours that Dave was in as well. And um, we often just get together and take long hikes, Jeff and I, Um, you know, like two plus hour hikes around the canyon, talking about all these different things and sometimes talking about ideas and this and that. So it was sort of born out of that. And I feel like it started with us on a hike, me saying, let me talk 
to you about this idea, you know, feeling very self-conscious. And then the longer we, even on that first hike, he's, yeah, I'm into it. And then, you know, an hour two. And what if this happened? Yeah, I could see that. And what if this happened? And what if this happened? And then we probably did like two more just long hikes of talking Mm -hmm. about the idea. And then it was, we started to really, again, this was, you know, not last summer, but the summer before. And, um, I really wasn't working. So it was also sort of a a chance to be like, I'm bored. I'm not liking anything I'm reading. And then I'm bored. I don't want to lose my mind. And we live quite close to one another. So we would just set up our schedule every week. And it would probably be three or four days a week where I would walk over to his house and we would write for like six hours, Mm -hmm. both of us with our computers open in final draft, like typing on the same, you know, open document. Um, because someone was just asking me this, they were like, does he do a pass and then send it to you and you do a pass? I was like, not at all. Oh, you were doing it. You were doing the collaboration. It was like very simultaneously in collaboration sitting. And so we would just start with, we just started with a super loose outline of like, here's the idea and here's kind of who this character is and what other characters are there. And then kind of delved into like, and what's her routine? And then just kind of every time we'd go back through it and comb through again and again and kind of spread it out and spread it out and spread out the world a little more. She needs another pl- – what else does she have in her life? Who, what other people does she have? What if this guy did this? Like, um, And yeah, really, you know, then, then that was kind of the thing. And then kind of honing in and then getting more and more detailed, even though it is based on an outline. This is probably – I feel like – Certainly for Jeff, I feel like this is the most intricate improvised movie that has existed. There are loops of time and, you know, there are, th- there are themes we're exploring that are kind of complicated. So there was a lot of then combing back through it to be like, is this landing? Are we connecting this? Does this make sense? In what realm is this, you know doing that. And also there are a lot of personal aspects to it because the impetus for the whole idea was sort of about my personal family history and things like that. So, so it was like, and then going back through for the emotional, you know, once it got to a good place, I think doing passes for all those kind of different things of like, is it making sense on multiple watches? Would everything still make sense? Are we, so you were we just asking as many questions as possible and then trying to answer those questions. We're, yeah. we're, because, it, because a lot of the dialogue was improvised, were other people in the movie, did you have like rehearsals or, or, or like get people together to try to kind of know, to get to know each other a little bit? You know, we really didn't end up having time mm-hmm. to do that um, because a lot of the people, again, on such a small production, you know, yeah. people are... you can kind of get people when you get people. So people like flying in and then shooting the next day for a week and then they're gone. Um, But pretty much with all of the actors, I think with every actor, we, we did either a Skype meeting or a face to face, like hour long meeting to go through all the scenes and just sort of discuss their arc and what happens in each scene. Because the way that Baina does these improvised movies, it's not as loosey goosey as you might think. And so each scene is really it's it's more just like we want the actual dialogue to be improvised so it sounds like it's organic and is coming right. out of these people's mouths but when you read the outline it's 
paragraphs of this person enters the room and says this to I mean doesn't say this right. but it's, it's like it's not like an improv game it's no right. and it's not as free form as you know Again, my husband Dave has worked with Joe Swanberg on his show Easy, mm-hmm. and he's like, sometimes we'd be shooting these scenes where we'd be talking about something, and then we'd get into some other thing that wasn't even really part of the thing, and Joe would be like, go there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we would not be. We'd be like, sorry, no, no, no. We don't have time to do <laughs> We actually that. have these three major plot points you're going to have to hint at in the next four sentences. Um, and then it becomes really like... The first take, we would start with a wide shot and do that a few times. And by the third take of the wide, we would pretty much lock in the dialogue. And then and then even by the time we would come in for coverage, sometimes our script supervisor would type up the dialogue. It'd be almost like your memory. Like on the spot, you're like, oh, great. So that's what we're saying in the scene oh, now. Oh, that's great. So it is. It was really fun. And especially because in the little hours – it was all in Jeff's mind, you know, and mm-hmm. I was one of those actors being like, oh, interesting. And also we were 14th century nuns, <laughs> you know, improvising very comedically. Um, and that was a little scary. And I was still sort of learning how Jeff worked. And this time it was a real great advantage having created it with Jeff and being the main character that's in every scene because there was just a lot less left up to question. You know what I mean? And if an actor is improvising in a scene with me, I can be guiding the scene sort of towards where it's meant to go. Absolutely. And it also, like, it it really... You, you've, you've built this really empowering career, which I feel like you're you're allowing yourself to say, like, rather than settling for just whatever is out there, you're able to say to yourself, like, what do I want to do? And what do I want to explore? And I feel like your biggest challenge... Moving forward is going to be because I would imagine you're going to get more right. This is going to this is going to lead to a whole other grove of opportunities, and so you're going to be like, "Do I want to write more? Do I want to act more? How do I know?" I mean, it's going to definitely, which sounds like a luxury, but it'll be stressful because you'll be like, "Oh God, I like all of it. What do I do?" Even already, because this idea, because it's so personal to me and had been something that I had been thinking about for probably 10 years. You know what I mean? Like my whole life, sort of like concepts that are baked into this that are like just so personal that that you I am a little bit like, well, maybe that was my one idea. Do you right. know? Like what is the what is the next idea? I don't really know. <clears throat> it took me so long to have the courage to share this first idea with anyone. Right. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not like this machine of like, or this, and how about this pitch about this? And <laughs> all right, I got a mystery for you. I got a comedy. I got a, you know, so, so that certainly will be interesting to me. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life 
by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I wonder, this might be, oh God, this, what I'm about to say might sound super pretentious or really stupid and I apologize, but I'm just sort of thinking about Trudy, Annie, and then Ruth. Like I'm thinking about how... I want you to know that a lot of people make connections <laughs> with them. You're not the first. <laughs> well, think about if you think about like where you like what your sort of place in the business was and what Trudy's role on Mad Men was. Oh, that's of just sort of like, you know what? I'll just sort of take whatever's dealt to me because that's how you make. Yeah. Annie, and make the best of it. Annie was still, you know, like still trying to come out of a shell. In a, yeah. And then this and then Glow is like. So, like, your characters have sort of evolved with your standing in the business in in an interesting sort of a way. This actually is not the connection I thought you were going to make. What do you think the connection is? A lot of people like to point out that, like, you know, Trudy's daughter could have been Ruth, and then Ruth's daughter is Annie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the literal, yeah. (laughs) Like a very literal uh, time. I I was going for the, uh, you know, two people smoking behind a coffee house, like, well, what if this represents the... It's true. No, it's very true. I hope that, I mean, I, I would hope that my work does reflect that. And I guess that is sort of what I was talking about earlier when I, we were talking about looking forward to the next thing that like, yeah. I can't disassociate sort of, yes, where I am, what my current mindset is about my place in the business or about how I feel about myself as a woman or a person or a working person actor. Like uh, it, it does inform the thing. You know what I mean? Not like, right. not saying that I don't want to play like a meek person. And in fact, in horse girl, Sarah is a very quiet sort of awkward, um, girl but um but she does actually sort of find an interesting source of power anyway um but yes i do think that there is something to i don't know i i it's like i i'm not able i'm not articulating it but but there is something to as i grow and change as a person and come into my own power more and like feel more confident and comfortable expressing my ideas yeah. and and uh you know, having a voice. I I do think that my work is influenced by that and I hope it continues to be more. What do you, what is it that you want Mm. to, I mean, do you have any sort of broad goals about what you want to say with, you know, or like what types of things you want to like, have you thought about it that far in advance or is it just sort of a, you know, Mm. as it comes, you just kind of see what feels right. I I think the latter, I, I, I don't know that there is like this broad general thing. I think it's more like, again, it's case to case basis because with every job I do, I go, all right, now I filled that hole of wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. So what's the new hole (laughs) that I'm trying to fill or the new thing that I feel like I haven't done or something new that I've uncovered as I've matured in life that now I'm noticing that I didn't notice before. Right. Um, And then I think from there, it's also about, you know, this exciting moment, even in my own household, like, Dave wrote a movie and I wrote a movie and now the next logical step to both of us is like we should write something together so we can do another thing together and what what thing do we want to tap into there and 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 then it just comes more I think from a place of 
of just, yeah, what I want to do or uncover things that feel unique and different and right. things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I have a startling confession to make, which is that, and this is something that I have a little bit of an avoidance issue with shows that I like. I never watched the last couple episodes of Mad Men. And, it, wow. and in fact, like, and I was the same with Deadwood. I loved that show. And I did not watch the last episode of Deadwood for like five years. Because, but did you watch it recently? Because then they did the Deadwood movie. Yeah, but I, since I didn't watch the... Oh, I did actually watch the last episode. Yes, but there's a weird avoidance thing that I have because like I don't want it to be over. Yeah. And so like I... I avoided watch. I know what happens in the last episode because it's you been read the years. Articles. I've read the articles and people have told me and everything. But it's but there are shows that I get really attached to that it's really hard for me to like let go of. Yeah. But I know that near the end, Trudy was having none of Pete's shit anymore. But they came back around and actually had an incredibly romantic and happy ending. Did they? Okay, mm. good. So, so maybe you should have watched. <sighs> uh, because the second to last episode may be some of my best work on that show. Um. <laughs> I know it's a weird thing to admit and to say, but it is it is hard for me to... It, because I guess in my mind, like, it's still happening. It's still an open loop out there. I guess it surprises me because it's so easy to rewatch stuff. Like, I think I am more like, I race to finish it, and then I watch it again. I, for me, there's a little bit of, um, I know this sounds weird, but I, I get, like, weirdly sad, as I people do. I get, I get emotional, like, when you a show... really attached to the Yes, characters. and so it's hard for me to let it go. Yeah. And so when I don't watch the last episode or two, <laughs> it's sort of like... It's I still think, current. It's like... Yes, I'm delaying the sort of, like, I, this is going to bum me out, <laughs> that this is ending. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, obviously, I had to watch the last episode of Breaking Bad because I was hosting the, a show about it. Um, and I, it was a perfect ending. I just watched all of Breaking Bad for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. And? and I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a journey. Like, it's an incredible... <laughs> Dave loves when I come to something, like, very late, but then have my hot take. And he'll, <laughs> he'll get home and I'll be like, babe, Breaking Bad. Great show. Oh, my God. Cranston's incredible. <laughs> He's like, honey, don't, don't say this to anyone else. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this Breaking Bad program. Recently, well, recently, I guess a couple years ago when, um, what was the latest Paul Thomas Anderson movie about the dressmaker? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah Phantom, the, uh, Phantom Thread, Thread. Which I, we were obsessed with Phantom Thread. And we do this often, like recently when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, we went mm-hmm. back and rewatched all of Tarantino's movies. And um, when Phantom Thread came out, we went back and watched all P.T. Anderson's movies, which have always been so my such my favorite movies. He's one of my favorite directors. And we rewatched There Will Be Blood and we're brushing our teeth. And I was like, God, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Let me be the first to say, <laughs> greatest actor of our time. <laughs> He's pretty good, turns out. He's like, honey, don't repeat that. <laughs> they just started to start tweeting that. D. Lewis, guys, pretty good. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Lewis, Joaquin Phoenix, incredible actors. <laughs> you know what's been really interesting is that since Joker like broke all these records and everything, we've seen a glut of movies on Netflix that Joaquin Phoenix was in that I guess just either oh, never I got released that. 
or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that thing of like, oh shit, now's the time. So it's just like all these movies that we've never heard of that he's starring in. They're like, when did these get made? <laughs> I and love- they were just sitting on it like, I don't know what to do. Look, now, get, get him out, get him out now. I love doing that on Netflix or also even just on iTunes. You'll go on iTunes, it's like all the new releases. Yeah. But then there's like a, a bunch of Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> like, And you'll be like, and then trying to guess and do the math backwards of like, Oh, what does Will have coming out that we should, or what? Who just got nominated? That that's up here now. That's the thing. I think sometimes there are those movies that, for whatever reason, like you know, they make them and then they just kind of sit around and then done a few of those. Yeah, and they're like, oh, now, now get out now. Yeah. Oh. Oh, this is on again. Where'd you put that Joaquin? I put it right here. I don't know where it is. Oh, get it up. Got to get it on Netflix. Definitely. But uh, but again, it's just such an... terrifying. It's such an odd, interesting, and also exciting time in terms of content platforms. It's just like... There, there are a lot of options now, but everything's yeah. just so up in the air about what's gonna, yeah, what's gonna stick around, what's gonna be the thing. What's yeah. You know, I'm a little. It scares me a little because now there's just so many. It's 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 overwhelming. So yeah. now it's the opposite where it's like, there's tons of work. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to work. Yeah. You know, uh, there's tons of shows getting made, but, but which ones will break through? Which right. ones will connect with people? There are so many good actors working on really good shows that no one's watching. Yeah, because it's not even about will the show connect with people. Will the platform that it's on connect Will with they people? get behind it? Are people watching Apple Plus and Disney Plus? And, you know, I bought them all. I yeah, get them course. all. Yeah, so I'm we. like, you know what? I try to take a real stand and be like, I'm not going to get every plat- <laughs> I mean, I should watch the morning show. I get everyone's talking about it. I'm not going to get everything, but I can write it off because I'm have it's technically. A business expense. <laughs> we'll just do the trial year and then we'll see if we resubscribe. You know, Dave, we have to go to a lot of events. People are going to ask about stuff and just to not look like assholes, we have we to wanna, watch everything, I guess. watch everything. You know, just keep up on all of it. Do you have anything else? So after Glow, do you know what the next thing is or do you, are you have you not thought it? Are you not I don't at? really. I mean, I have this other movie that I've, that we've, I've just kind of written with Baina. So our, our next project that we're sort of going to be taking out and pitching and uh, um, hopefully we'll be able to shoot that later this year. And um, I'm going to be directing again on this season of Glow. Fantastic. So I'm really excited about that. And, oh, I guess I do have, well, uh, I'm I'm about to, you know what? I can talk about this because they're announcing it tomorrow. Is okay. I'm about to shoot um, this movie, Happiest Season, with Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. Oh, wow. And an amazing cast of, like, Mary Steenburgen, Audrey, uh, Audrey Aubrey Plaza, um... And it's a it's 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 a holiday family comedy. It's great that centers around a gay couple, which is like just great. You know, it's like a studio comedy. That's fantastic. Holiday fun movie. I'm really excited. You are living the dream. Allison it's the Green. best. The only funny thing about working on Happiest Season is um, I'm shooting it before we start shooting season three of Glow. Okay. But because I'm shooting it right up until we start shooting Glow. They've permed my hair. <laughs> and anyone so anyone who's seen Legally Blonde knows yes. that a perm takes a few days to set in. You can't mm-hmm. wash your hair for a few days. Okay. And then so for glow, it's always like it's like a five day process between getting the hair permed, letting the perm set for a few days, washing it, giving it another day to kind of settle, then they cut it into like the Ruth cut. Right. So because I'm going straight from this one production into Glow. They're like, 
will allow you to do this movie, but you're going to have to perm your hair before shooting that movie so that it's ready to go. So you have permed hair in this movie. Yes, but I but I think well, and I just was out there prior to getting it permed, meeting with the hair and makeup department, and they were like, "Great, we're gonna do, style your hair super straight." I was like, "I will have a perm. I should let you know." And the woman's look on her face, the hairdresser, just why? <laughs> I just think it's coming back is all it's a funny story. Um, so that's sort of the funniest, but you can blow it out and straighten it. I mean, it's just who knows what will happen to the hair, but I'm very excited to do this movie. Clea Duvall's directing it. Oh, wow. And I think it'll be out for the holidays in 2020. So, um, oh, that's a pretty quick turnaround. It is, but I feel like that's the plan. That's great. And it's just super fun. I've been rewatching all these holiday movies to get in the mood. And also it just was the holidays. So yep. it just made a lot of sense to watch them. Oh yeah. Well, my, um, I watched a few of them. My wife would have these, um, these showings of holiday movies oh my and, gosh. and, but they were, but they were really looking for, they were looking for like the ones where, you know, you could still see the stickers on the bottom of the shoes and the wardrobe. Or in one scene, someone's helping someone zip up a dress. And then in the reverse shot, there's no zipper on the dress. What? Like those, those, what movies are these? They're just like holiday movies on different streaming services. Oh, these are like the generic. The ho- generic I, ones. I have been rewatching like the classic holiday movies. And by classic, I mean Home Alone. Christmas Prince? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah. Okay, you know, that's a classic I mean, like one. Home Alone and... Like, You're talking about real studio movies. The Holiday. Sure. S- I consider it classic. Yeah. Um, Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie, if anyone is I didn't curious. rewatch Die Hard, but I do agree that it is a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> Takes place at a Christmas party. I don't Home know. for the Holidays with Holly Hunter and Robert Downey Jr., which is a real great movie. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. No, they, they watched the... They basically did like Mystery Science Theater, but with... With holiday movies. That sounds really fun. Yeah. I mean, I did watch some of those. I have friends that are in them. Of and course. I support it. I We are we supported it too. <laughs> by, but holiday movies are sort of like, holiday movies and horror are in the same sort of boat where people go, hey, you can make these real cheap and if it, it could be a runaway hit. Well, right. You're like, yeah. there's going to be an audience because... There's always going to be holidays. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like those, these, these genres are sort of like the penny slots where they're like, you could hit it for like $100,000 with just a penny. It you know? It's like yeah. people will be in the mood <laughs> yeah. to watch holiday movies yeah, at yeah, least yeah, yeah. once a year. Yeah. But you are making a re- an act like a studio but film. But this is, a, yes, with, with very talented actors. Yes, yes. Like and the, the full, script is really funny and the full, fun. The full thing. Yes. So we will watch your movie unironically. Thank you. I, I'm assuming, <laughs> hoping there will not be those kinds of uh, no, 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 mistakes. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> nothing against it. No, I, I am so forgiving when it comes to making stuff because I feel like it's hard to get things made. Oh my and god, same. The fact that anything gets made is a, is a, is a fucking miracle. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Especially after w- watching my husband's movie and my movie, like getting our movies made, yeah. we, were, we have had such empathy for every production going forward. Where you're just like. Congrat! Congrats on doing the you thing. You did this. Is you hard. Did the thing. It's a lot of work. I haven't fucking made a movie. It's like, a lot like, of work. It, it is. <laughs> and now you know this for a fact. I do know it for real. Well, I hope that um, you continue to do all the things that you want to do. It, it's you. you've always been so cool. <laughs> 
to me, and you've done. Ah, you've done. I love you. You know, I have a, I have this um, screenshot from when you did something on Web Soup where you it was called like <laughs> cute, cutie cutie choo choo or something <laughs> where you were. I don't remember this. I'm going to show you a picture of it. There was like this animated like cutie cutie choo choo thing, and then I think it was just showing these really like disturbing videos or something. And oh so- my god, I do remember this. <laughs> I can't remember what they were. Oh, they were like like videos of people like popping, popping horrible the, yeah, cysts yeah, or something. Yeah, but the setup was like it's the cutie oh, cutie choo choo. Yeah. By the that way, was great. last question: Did you did you buy the um, uh, the Zool shirt? Did you you said like you had like the Zool hair? I did have the Zool hair, yeah. but I didn't get a Zool shirt. What do you mean? No, not Zool. The um, uh, no, uh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Wait. You do mean Zool. Who, who, who was the hair? You had the hair. There was some picture that you posted on Instagram. Of, it is Zool. It is Zool. Yeah. And I emailed you oh, a link you to this. you emailed me the link to the shirt. To the shirt. Because I had literally just bought this shirt that says aim for the flat top. I didn't buy the shirt. <sighs> I really wish we and had it, started with this so I'd know how it, it disappointed I would feel. It genuinely took me that long even to remember what you were talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny that in your head you're like, Oh my god! I sent this thing. Was that a dumb? And then people were like, "I don't even remember what you're talking about." It was dumb. Was it? I didn't. I didn't uh, waste another thought on it. <laughs> Here, I just only came to confirm that. Um, we've had some. Uh, so you know, uh, Teresa Rivers, who was our the head of our hair department on Mad Men, yes. is the head of our hair department on Glow. And she's designed what Zoya the Destroyer, my wrestling character's hair, looks like. But we did a season where there was overlap with another job. So we had, like, someone else coming in and, like, pitch hitting, styling the hair. And also I have had varying hair lengths and then it gets permed. Like, I've come in with it shorter and this and that. So like the look the 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 way the Zoya look comes out is always slightly different. A and there bit are different. some days where it's like kind of pointy, floppy, like flopping over like a tidal wave. Yeah. Um and then there are some days where it just looks so much like the end of Ghostbusters. And I love that movie so much. We're actually in the middle of rewatching it now because I just listened to the audiobook wild and crazy guys mm-hmm. about like about all those SNL guys from the 70s like the original guys and sort that's of that's like, one that kind of leans on Eddie Murphy too right it really does yeah. it's basically Chevy Eddie Murphy Bill Murray uh, Dan Aykroyd you get like some sprinklings of Rick Moranis and John Candy um, and stuff like that but it's sort of just about like how they it's a very masculine book I really enjoyed listening to it it's definitely about like how they owned <laughs> feature films in the 80s like major motion pictures in the 80s and like how they were the kings right um but you know so there's a lot of good stories about ghostbusters and things like that which has always been one of my favorite movies well if i don't know if you've seen it but there's a documentary there's a docuseries on netflix called the movies that made us i have seen it Uh, the the ghostbusters one (laughs) we watched the ghostbusters one and the home alone one how could you like I think I may have teared up a little bit when Harold Ramis's daughter was saying, you know, that he and Bill didn't talk after Groundhog Day much for whatever reason that no one knows. And then he shows up when Harold is sick. Dying, and then and they, they spend he all this time. doesn't even know where he lives and the police. He Wait, just shows up it? and asks the police, like, where does Harold Ramis live? And because he's it Bill Murray, they're like, touching. over there. Yeah, we'll drive you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Yes, it was very touching. And it was actually very interesting to watch that in the midst of listening to the audiobook because they do go into depth a little more about kind of what went on in Groundhog Day, which we also just rewatched a couple nights ago. And it's like, we're really hitting up, I don't know, we're just going through that. Yeah, because I heard that he doesn't, that, you know, it's not not his favorite thing to talk about, Bill Murray. Sure. Groundhog Day is not his favorite thing to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like he wouldn't want to talk about it. Um, But this book kind of explains some of the backstory on it? It does, sort of. And it just sort of delves into people's behaviors and things like that. All right. It's not my place to... No spoilers. People's bad behavior. I will listen to it myself. Yes. I will listen to it myself. Groundhog Day, though, still a great movie. It totally holds up. And my God. Yeah. All time. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver is my hair idol. She is... And my also, like, just a regular idol. (laughs) She's just phenomenal in everything. In and everything, there's a she does a take in Working Girl where she gets caught at the end for like scheming, and then she just they're like get your bony ass out of her or something, and she just has this. I simply just don't appreciate the way you're speaking. Yeah, <laughs> it's such an amazing don't like use language like that. It's such voice. a it's so layered because it's like she's caught, but she still is a prideful character, it's and so, she's still yeah, she's amazing. Well, watching because in the book they talk about how Bill Murray was. I mean, it sounds like this is how he works on every one of his movies is basically arriving day one of production. Is he going to show up or Definitely, not? No one's sure if he's even doing the I think movie. he's in France. I don't and know. And then on the first day of filming, he does arrive and everyone's relieved. And then he throws the script out, which he's read in the car, and then improvises all his scenes. Yeah. But And you're like, it's been working great for him. It's kind of worked um, out okay. And you rewatch like this first scene where he goes to Dana Barrett's apartment in Ghostbusters and he's like, they're just, this is all him improvising, like playing the keys on the piano and going, they hate that. <laughs> and then you watch her in the scene and she's so great too. Like, I just feel like I have even more respect also knowing that she had no idea what Bill Murray was going to do. And she rolled with And it. she's just playing, staying in character, like so, just, at, it's, she's so good. Yeah, that movie, the craziest thing to me, start to finish 10 months that fucking movie that is the craziest thing and when they were pointing out in the documentary about like the visual effects they're, they're like don't yeah, hold too long on that shot <laughs> and then they hold on and you're like oh my god yeah. what <laughs> everyone just was like yep put it out great print uh, it's kind of amazing it really is amazing <laughs> well anytime you want to come uh, listen Anything, anything you need, Allison Bree. Anything you, you need at all. Thank you very much. I don't much. even know what that would be. I don't even know what I get. But anything, if you need me to, you know, if you need me to bring a, fu- I'll bring you a cup of sugar or something. If you, I was you and Dave say run out a cup of sugar. of sugar, and then I was like, it's so dated. Don't say a cup of sugar. Yeah, I didn't know what else to. I, we were mind melding. If you need a cup of internet, like I don't know what is. The I want you to temporary... order things on Amazon <laughs> just to buffer. Like if I want it, but if it's not good, then you have to keep it. <laughs> That's the deal. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a task rabbit. Great. Yeah, if that were ever you. Thank you so much, Alison. Thank you for Bree. having me. Uh, and then Horse Killers, people, it's, by the, it's available now. People should just go see it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And Glow, which is also on and Netflix. And Glow, which is always on Netflix. Always on Netflix. Season four. Will be out later in later the in year. Later in the year. Okay, great. The end. <laughs> ID Tenti scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants. 
that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges. They will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.